everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 44. Shut the front door. It's episode 44. Yeah, I'm in that kind of a mood today. Just buyer beware, okay? In this episode, we're going to talk about how it's never been about DEI, ESG, climate change, social justice, or even equity. It's all about power. And I will explain that in detail. Uh, Also, there's a lot of coincidences happening lately with stories coming out uh, about new evidence with the Biden family business, and then all of a sudden, new charges against Donald Trump. Or all this talk about aliens. Can you say distraction? Yeah. All right. And then I hear a lot of people talking about how Republicans, conservatives, and white people are hijacking the expression two-tiered justice system. Black and brown people have been using this for decades, and they think it's hijacking, even though it's evident in both cases. And I'm here to say, you can believe in both. Stick around for that. A new study has found that zoo animals, particularly primates, are disturbed by social media videos. So they're encouraging people not to watch these videos while walking through the zoo. Gen Z, put your phones in your pocket when you go to the zoo. I In other recent studies, we now know that one in 35 people that got the vaccine also got heart damage. Hmm. And an ESPN employee was actually threatened to be fired if she didn't get the vaccine, even though she was considering getting pregnant and didn't think that was a wise choice. More information on that. Representative Ilhan Omar says a very racist thing in Congress, and nobody's talking about it. No big deal. If it was a white person that said this about black people, there would be mobs. And then, of course, I have to talk about the plea deal for Hunter Biden falling completely apart as the judge questions the Hunter Biden legal team about what's in it. Hallelujah for that. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about This new app you're seeing all over your social media, Timu, T-E-M-U, do not, I repeat, do not open that app. Those deals look amazing, but they are too good to be true because Timu is also owned by the government of China, and it's much worse than TikTok. They're upping their game. Then if we have time, we'll listen to another swimmer on the University of Pennsylvania that swam against Leah Thomas and had to share a locker room. All right. To start off with, I made that statement at the very beginning. It's never been about DEI, climate change, social justice, or even equity. It's all about control. You see, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, forces people to focus on skin color sexual preference, gender differences. It has nothing to do with bringing people together. It's all about dividing people. And with climate change, the people that are trying to gain control with like world governance, they know that oil and gas and and CO2 is 
all just fine. They're using this to scare everyone, much like the pandemic did, into giving up their freedoms. Now they're going after gas stoves, HVAC systems, washing machines. I mean, they are literally going to try and tear down everything that provides convenience to the consumer so that the consumer will get used to having less. Remember, go back and listen to my podcast about the line being built in Saudi Arabia. That's how they want to house the peons or the peasants in these giant centers enclosed by glass, ran by electric, where everything they deem that you need is within five minutes walking distance or a quick, you know, electric train ride. And everything is all controlled by them, not by anybody within those living structures. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the line, I'll just really briefly recap. It's 500 foot high walls of glass, 200 feet wide, and 17 and a half miles long with a electric rail track running on the top and everything is electric. No gas, no nuclear, no nothing, all electric. And the reason why they want this, and by the way, this one unit is supposed to house 9 million people stacked on top of each other in apartment style living. And that's how they want you to live. So when they're talking about trying to do all these things to save the planet, it has nothing to do with saving the planet or climate change. It's all about control. As I've said in a previous podcast, we here in America, in, under the United States of America, we have ten, over a trillion barrels of oil and natural gas. That is enough to run the world as normal consumption is happening right now for hundreds and hundreds of years. It would also put the United States in an energy-dominant position where we could actually sell our excess oil and gas and energy to Europe and other countries so that they would not be dependent on Russia or China because that's really what they want. They want everyone dependent on all these other countries and they want America just to get in line and be one of the other countries. The reason why they're trying to do this is because America and their constitution has too many limitations on the government. Remember, the Constitution is not a document that limits individual and citizens' rights. It limits the government power. Former President Ronald Reagan explained this, I think, better than anyone. Listen to this. Reverse the course of government. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government. And with three little words... We, the people, we, the people, tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We, the people, are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. And the globalists do not like it. And they want to destroy the United States and especially the Constitution, because if they can do that, then they can take full control. 
And as I said, they want United States dependent on other countries. And all countries, they want interdependent. Remember, I told you they're confiscating 30% of farmland and cattle land in Sweden because they don't want them to get in too independent. Same thing with America. They do not. That's why Joe Biden, who I believe was following orders, shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and stopped. He, ha he has approved, President Biden has approved the least amount of oil lease drilling permits than any other president in U.S. history since Nixon. So think about that. There's a reason they do not want us to drill. They do not want us. And it has nothing to do with climate change. It has nothing to do with pollution. The U.S. drills, manufactures, and refines oil and gas cleaner than any other country in the entire world because of the environmental regulations that we have agreed to follow in the processing of these natural resources, the U.S. is cleaner than any other country in the world. Now, the funny thing is, we're now dependent on countries who don't have these safety features and clean air regulations determining how clean they drill, manufacture, and refine. So we're buying oil and gas from other countries that are polluting way more than we were when we were manufacturing and refining these materials ourselves. So again, it's not about climate change. It's about power. Social justice, same thing. They want everyone divided by skin color, sexuality, gender. They want to give different privileges who they want to give privileges to and take privileges away from people they think don't deserve those privileges. As I said in a podcast about what's happening in our schools, especially in our education system with the college, um, CRT has nothing to do with teaching about racism or slavery or anything like that. It's about dividing the white and black children and telling the white children they should feel guilty for the way they were born. Doesn't matter that they had no choice in the matter. They are oppressors. And they're telling black children, you are oppressed. It doesn't matter if you were raised in privilege, if, you're, if your father and mother were doctors and lawyers and you had everything you wanted when you were a kid, you're still oppressed. And it's telling young black children, especially in the, in the inner cities, don't even bother working hard because the system's stacked against you. They're doing this for control. Get, please understand above all else, all these things are about control. Even equity. Who controls the equality of outcome? That's what equity is. Equality of outcome. Doesn't matter what experience or how hard each person works or how intelligent they are or skilled they are. When someone can guarantee equality of outcome, that is control. It's all about control. And believe me, the left will do everything they can to obtain that control. They'll say anything. They'll do anything. They'll destroy anything. They will kill anyone to get ultimate control. They do not care about what they leave in their wake. 
All they want is control. It's happened in communism throughout all of history. And the, the, the one thing that undoes them every single time is they never know when to quit. And so they're, going, they're, they're coming to that point, I really do believe. I believe that we're getting to the point where people are so fed up with all of this DEI, ESG, teaching young children about gender and sex and skin color and all that and making that the only thing they focus on. If you go back to the original post I did or a podcast I did with Yuri Bezmanov, it's all being done on purpose to demoralize these children. When, and, and if you remember the video, when someone is demoralized, they can no longer recognize the truth, even if it's right in front of them with blaring clarity. They will still deny it because they are demoralized. That is what all of this is about. DEI, ESG, climate change, social justice, and equity is all about demoralizing our society so that nobody is capable of understanding right from wrong. And when they can do that, then they can tell everyone what is right and wrong, and people will follow along like blind sheep. Okay, and kind of along those lines, I want to talk about how people are accusing Republicans and white people about hijacking the expression two-tiered justice system. They claim that they've been using that expression for decades, describing how black and brown people are treated differently than white people. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can believe in a two-tiered justice system that is unfair to black and brown people and a two-tiered justice system that favors one party over another. You can believe both. It is possible. So all the people screaming and yelling that you don't have the right to use that expression, two-tiered justice system is ours. We're the only ones that can use it. Again, do you hear? It's about control. They want to control the narrative. They want to control what you can and can't say. I'm here to tell you, you can believe in both. I believe there's a two-tiered Two, 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 two. <laughs> two tiered justice system that is unfair to black and brown people. And there is also a two tiered justice system that favors one party over another. And I think I've proven that. If you can, I, I've shown you one party controls the media, social media, corporate America, athletics the education system, Hollywood, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA. So think about that. One party controls all of that. So you don't think there's a two-tiered justice system stacked against Republicans and conservatives? Then your eyes are closed, my friend. Okay, scientists have made a recent discovery that found that zoo animals particularly primates, are disturbed by social media videos. So they are asking people, when you go walk through the zoo, please turn off your phones because those social media videos disturb the animals and make them agitated. But if you're a kindergartner through senior in our education system and you watch 
endless social media videos for hours a day, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Just think about this. If you are spending hours a day or you see your children spending hours a day just flipping mindlessly through these TikTok videos or Instagram videos on the reels or whatever, what are they accomplishing? What are they learning? I'm sure there's some videos that are educational. As a matter of fact, that's why TikTok was created in China for education purposes. The videos that are addictive and mindless and brainless are banned in China. TikTok is used for educational purposes in China. So children are encouraged to flip through videos that are educational, but they're also restricted to an hour a day. How many hours a day are you or your children spending on TikTok in the U.S.? or in other countries, that do not have the restrictions of educational purposes only. Many things on TikTok are very damaging. And now they're discovering that zoo animals are disturbed by these videos. But then in the same breath, they're trying to convince us it's perfectly fine for children. Think about that. Going back to what this whole podcast is really about. Control and power. And I'm going to do one thing out of order because this will just remind me to go on to the next topic. There's a new app that is showing up all over social media, in all my feeds, in uh, stories, as I see my friends and family and coworkers, you know, posting things. Among these posts and live videos is this app called Temu, T-E-M-U. And they are doing insane prices, like computers for 50 bucks and all these electronic devices for one hundredth of what their real price is or one tenth or what, just insane prices. And they're talking about how people can't believe it, can't believe it. And if you go on, and especially if you download the app onto your phone, it is more sinister and invasive than TikTok. I know, I still have friends on TikTok. And I'm just going to say this. If you insist on using TikTok, if you still have TikTok on your phone and you didn't heed the warning from before, I beg you to do this. Do not record TikTok videos or look at TikTok videos when you're in highly sensitive places. Government buildings, airports, bus terminals, banks, libraries, any place that someone else could be in the background that could be someone that has a target on their back and you're helping the Chinese government spy to try and find them. Even ballparks, nuclear facilities, uh, you know, touring through Smithsonian or other museums. The Chinese will have access to your phone, your camera, all of your apps, all of your contact list. They'll know everything that's going on. You won't know what they've seen in your video, but they will. And they have all of that recorded in massive data storage facilities, and they sell that data to the highest bidders. What's worse about Timu is 
when you're on that app buying those cheap things, and I, I'm sure there's probably real, you know, th- those things are probably real. It's a small price to pay for China to gather all of this personal information. And with Timu, it even goes more sinister. They not only have access to your camera, your microphone, your apps, your contact list, every keystroke you make, just like TikTok, but Timu also has language and programming that accesses your financial information, especially if you have a wallet on your phone and you have credit cards in that. And all they have to do is figure out your password to get into your banking information. They can bypass the alternate ID checks and all that. They have a way to get right into your banking information, especially if you buy everything over the phone online. They have all of that now. So do not open and for heaven's sakes, do not download the Timu app on your phone because that is just another worse, more sinister, more invasive app for the Chinese government to spy on you and everyone around you. All right. And again, going back to the original topic of this podcast, the Chinese government is doing this to gain control. Their goal is by 2049 for China to be the lead country in the world, the only superpower left, the banking power, um, the social media power. They want to control everything by 2049. And if you have these apps on your phone, and yes, I'm talking to the 150 million that have not heeded the warning or listen to people trying to tell them why they can't have that app. And I I don't know, it doesn't look like it's going to be banned in this country anymore. And that makes me sad that that means probably China was, has bought out the politicians. So they would not move forward with their investigation into TikTok and how invasive it really is. So do not use TikTok or Timu. But I know there's all those people that say, oh, whatever, it's just me. It's just my, what, what can they gain from me? If you think that, you don't understand how massive data collection works and how all they need is yours combined with thousands of others exactly like you all put in one database that is invaluable to people that want to invent and create things to control you, control how you buy, control how you think, control how you feel. That is one of the reasons why we have so much mental illness happening in our world right now, social media, and especially two of the apps China has invented for a very specific purpose, to demoralize, desensitize, and destroy the U.S. Gosh, where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, Yuri Bezmanov talking about the multi-generational plan. That's why they're doing what they're doing to the children. And my advice to parents is do not allow your children on social media until they're at least teenagers because they're not mature enough to understand they're being indoctrinated and brainwashed 
with these videos. And there are those who want to make the videos so addictive that they just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and spend hours on those apps being completely unproductive and brainwashed. Think about it. Again, you may disagree with everything I've just said. And if so, don't hesitate to write me, Drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. All right, this next part is probably going to upset a lot of you. But there are now studies showing that one in 35 people that got the mRNA vaccine also received heart damage. We know of the massive numbers of athletes that are having cardiac arrest. The latest is Bronny James. I'm not saying that he got this cardiac arrest because of the vaccine, but he's a very athletic 18-year-old and son of LeBron James. So you have to wonder. I mean, you have to wonder what is really causing all of the myocarditis in young men and other health issues in young men and women. So now they know one in 35 got heart problems from the vaccine. Still think this wasn't all planned? Have you, have you listened to this? This is Bill Gates talking about how, you know, because Bill Gates is a eugenist and a eugenist is, a, is someone who really believes that only a billion people should live on the earth. That is the maximum number of people that they believe the earth can sustain. So eugenists actually believe that we should cut the population and listen to how Bill Gates said we should do it. This is a TED talk he did about how we can get to net zero emissions. And listen to what he says about population. And see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. So let me repeat that. If we're successful with vaccines, health care, and reproductive care, we might be able to get that down by 10 to 15 percent. Now, let's see. Um, uh, I do basic math here. Um, Eight billion people and uh, 10, 10, 10. So he wants to reduce just with these three things, health care, vaccines, and reproductive care. He wants to reduce the population by 900 million people. Well, that's not genocide or anything, is it? I'm telling you, they're now being open and honest with everything they're saying because they believe, and I think they're probably right, the majority of the public are now so demoralized through indoctrination and brainwashing that they can't recognize the right from wrong anymore, good from bad. So they all go, oh, yeah, okay, that's funny. You heard people laugh in the audience that he's, they're going to have to get one thing close to zero and it's basic algebra, ha, ha, ha. But they sat there listening to this and not one of them said, wait a minute, ha, ha, you're, you're talking about killing 
or sterilizing to get the population reduced by a billion people? Okay, well then how do you propose to get the rest of the population either exterminated or sterilized to get the population down to a billion? You would not believe all of the things that they are considering. During the pandemic, they actually counted on a certain amount of people refusing to get the vaccine. And those people lost their jobs, even when they consulted with their physicians and were going through a certain experience in their life, like childbirth or trying to, co to conceive a child. Allison Williams was an ESPN reporter, and I say was because she was fired. Disney put out a proclamation that everyone should get the vaccine, but it is up to the individual and their choice and their doctor. Then ESPN basically said, now if you want to be on the sidelines or out in the field reporting, you have to be vaccinated. And then they later clarified, there are no exemptions. Listen to Allison Williams talking about her experience. Shortly thereafter, Disney extended this mandate to all employees, regardless of travel, unless a religious or medical accommodation was approved. While this mandate was not entirely a surprise, the reality was still hard to fathom and incredibly difficult to process. As a consequence of this mandate, for the first time in 14 years, I would not be reporting for the sidelines of college football in the fall of 2021. Regardless, I retained hope that I could still remain an employee at ESPN and work in my capacity as a studio host. This hope hinged on receiving an accommodation on either medical or religious grounds. Also during this time, my husband and I were working with fertility specialists in the hopes of having a second child. An already stressful and emotional period exacerbated, exacerbated by the impending uncertainty of my job status. I contacted my doctor in July and shared with him my concerns regarding the vaccine and my employer's demand I receive it to continue working. Given my good health and our current calendar for conception, he supported my decision to forego the vaccine. He agreed to provide the necessary documentation to apply for a medical accommodation. I notified my reporting manager I would be doing so and we get, began the process through human resources and legal counsel for ESPN. Unfortunately, in my follow-up correspondence, correspondence with my doctor's physician assistant, assistant, I was notified due to the large number of medical exemption requests received, they were having a clinic-wide meeting to discuss how best to handle them. After said meeting, I was informed that as a clinic, they would not be providing any medical exemptions for any patients. Instead, I was referred to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the CDC websites Despite my doctor's acknowledgement that this medical intervention was unnecessary for me as an individual, a blanket approach was taken for all patients disregarding our specific needs and risks. I subsequently notified ESPN that I would be modifying from a medical to a religious accommodation request. I had a valid and sincere opposition to this injection in regards to my scheduled IVF transfer. I also have valid and sincere religious objections to the COVID-19 vaccine. The extent and basis of my beliefs were questioned and they were discussed at length with human resources representatives from ESPN. The sincerity of my religious beliefs was acknowledged, but it was determined I could not continue to be employed without creating an undue burden upon the company. I was given one week to comply and get the injection or be separated from the company. 
I did not receive the vaccine as my beliefs did not change in that week and therefore was terminated as an employee with ESPN in October of 2021. And just like that, newly pregnant, I was stripped of my job, my health insurance, and having my personal and medical decisions the topic of national news. It's hard to explain what it's like to have so much taken for you, from you for doing what you know in your heart and your mind to be the right thing for you and your family. The financial toll it took on me and my family and so many like ours was significant and it is still enduring. The lost wages and sacrifices made by families like mine who stood up to the overreaching unjustified mandates to preserve their autonomy and health can never be fully recovered. But the impact wasn't just on our livelihoods, it was on our lives. We were bullied, vilified, slandered, and ostracized. Nights were sleepless, days consumed by doubt and worry. Thankfully, my resolve strengthened with constant prayer, faith in God, and the support of loved ones. You remember what I've said in previous podcasts about Disney. We can no longer trust Disney. Disney is not a company that embraces family values anymore, and they obviously now do not honor individual choices. Even with a legitimate medical exemption provided by her own doctor, because her and her husband were trying to conceive a second child, ESPN, whose parent company is Disney, did not care. There are so many companies out there right now that do not care about their employees. I commend Allison Williams and her family for sticking to her guns. I will never get the vaccine. Uh, I did research on it, and when I found out it was experimental, and they had no long-term studies on the side effects at all, I was not going to do it. I would have uh, a couple years later if I would have seen that there was no danger and that it was really quite effective, and actually the exact opposite I have discovered in my research that the vaccines are actually very dangerous and that we have no idea. In three to five, 10 years from now, I shudder to think what's going to happen because you remember Bill Gates said, if we are successful in using vaccines, healthcare and reproductive care, we can reduce our population by 900 million to 1.3 billion people. Remember, he said 10 to 15 percent. That's a whole lot of people to be exterminated or eliminated in the future through sterilization. Think about that. Also, you remember how Allison Williams said she was bullied and ostracized. Do you remember this happening in all of the cable news outlets? This is kind of a montage of how seriously they all took this and how They hated people who made the individual choice not to be vaccinated and thought that they were responsible for all of the deaths that were happening because they refused to get vaccinated. Listen to this montage. You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame. The only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, this is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed, but the unvaccinated. It's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you. 
as will the rest of us who've done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. I think it's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All those vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the, the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open season for me. I can do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts and running around the country saying, ah, we don't care. We're living free and so forth. You've been patient. But our patience is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. And the rest of us are starting to get pissed off. The vaccinated feel the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. This is what happens when people are brainwashed with fear. They hate people that made the individual choice not to get the vaccine. They wanted to force and shame and belittle you and me for not getting the vaccine. Do you know I haven't talked with any person in my life that made the same choice I did to not be vaccinated? Not one of them regrets not being vaccinated. Not one. But I have heard quite a few of people that chose to get vaccinated wish they would have had the guts to do what they really felt was right. But they were pressured by employers. And also, I know there were nursing homes that would not allow you to visit your loved ones if you weren't vaccinated. A friend of mine was forced to get vaccinated to see his mother. And ironically, this same person, his mother passed away three days after getting the booster slash flu combination shot. And yes, she was in a nursing home. And yes, she was in her late 80s, but she seemed pretty healthy. All right. I recently found a clip by Ilhan Omar talking about our country should be more fearful of white men. In the, at the same time, I want you to realize how absurd this expression was that she actually said live <laughs> while being videotaped. She wasn't censored for it or anything. And just think if the roles were reversed. I found this uh video from Kelly Curie uh, on Twitter, and he basically made his statement at the very end, and I found it a little humorous and also, uh, wow, kind of real. Listen to this. I would say uh, uh, our, our country should be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country because they are actually um, causing uh, most of the deaths within this country. First of all, racist. If I said that about any other race, you switch it out. I would be banned from every platform right away, and I'd never be a member of Congress like her. Secondly, though, and hear me out, uh, if she's talking about one white person specifically, she may not be wrong, and, and that person is uh, Dr. Fauci. No. <laughs> He's probably right with that one. But can you believe that Ilhan Omar is allowed to make a statement like that? She's also made very anti-Semitic statements, and she's still allowed to be a congresswoman? What the hell? Seriously, Congress, do we hold anyone accountable for racist, anti-Semitic statements like she has made? Oh, I know. We only hold Republicans liable for their statements on the floor and in, 
interviews, public interviews. Right, I keep forgetting. It's only the Republicans that need to be reprimanded for racist and anti-Semitic statements. Can you say two tiers of justice? Yes, it works in this situation too. All right, now the plea deal for Hunter Biden falls apart as the judge questions things that are hidden inside this plea deal that basically would provide provide sweeping immunity for all of the crimes. Uh, This judge asked the DOJ prosecutor, have you ever seen a plea deal that included immunity for crimes not mentioned in what the defendant is pleading to? And of course, the uh, DOJ prosecutor is like, um, uh, no, 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 your honor. No, no, that, that, uh, that is, I've never seen a deal like that. So then she started really picking it apart. What was supposed to be a little five, 10 minute, uh, enter the courtroom, uh, plea guilty to lesser charges, sign the paperwork and leave the courtroom ended up being a three hour ordeal where the judge started asking very specific questions. And after just a couple of basically probing questions, the whole deal fell apart as it should have. Part of the immunity that was being brought was for a 38 revolver that Hunter Biden supposedly purchased when he was an addict and lied on the form. But the pictures I've seen that came directly from Hunter's laptop show him brandishing a semi-automatic pistol like a Glock or a Sig Hauer. I can't tell exactly what it is, but it's definitely not a 38 revolver. So apparently Hunter has purchased numerous guns as an addict and lied on a few federal gun purchase forms. So this whole immunity deal, now it's not completely thrown out yet, They are to go back and basically present a new plea deal that has no hidden pieces in it, no no clauses that uh, are not apparent in the original plea deal. And basically what happened is she picked apart this whole thing and then she said, sorry, this plea deal is denied and then turned to Hunter Biden. How do you plea? And he, of course, said, not guilty, your honor. So. That's kind of where we're at right now. It'll be interesting to see what happens when um, the, the plea deal is represented to this same judge and whether or not she will accept or deny it. It's also very interesting now that Devin Archer is actually testifying today. He may actually, I think he's actually done now. And James Comer said that even though the testimony was going to be closed door, to allow Devin Archer to be completely honest about everything and to protect him after his deposition is taken and he leaves the courthouse or he leaves the Senate chambers or or the House chambers and goes, you know, back home, then the transcript of the entire testimony will be released to the public. It'll be very interesting. I know that the DOJ and the this administration is very worried about it because the DOJ day before yesterday on a Saturday, by the way, the DOJ never works on a Saturday, Saturday released a letter sent to Devin Archer saying he is ordered to report immediately to start serving his jail sentence for other things 
that he has been convicted of just two days before he's due to testify in front of the House Judiciary Committee. Coincidence? I think not. They're scared to death of what he can reveal. And from what I hear, Devin Archer's ready to reveal everything because the Bidens pretty much threw him under the bus and provided him no protection for the crimes that he was convicted of, which were the same crimes that Hunter convicted. So think about that. (laughs) Uh, It'll be interesting to see. I'll, of course, report next week on what Devin Archer said, because I will read the entire transcript to listen to that. Okay, now continuing with my ever-rising aggravation over trans women trying to invade women's sports and destroy women's sports. You remember Riley Gaines has been talking about her experience with having to swim against and shower and change with Leah Thomas. Well, there's another member of that swim team. Good morning, good morning, Chairman Johnson and Ranking Member Scanlon and members of the subcommittee. I'm Paula Scanlon, a spokeswoman and advisor for the Independent Women's Forum and a former NCAA athlete. I am here today to share my personal story. I started swimming at a very young age, and by age eight, I was swimming competitively. And by late middle school, I was devoting at least 20 hours per week to swimming. I gave up countless Christmas holidays, weekends, and social events to work towards my goal of swimming Division I. A dream that came true when I began swimming for the University of Pennsylvania. While I am not an NCAA champion, I hold the New England Independent School League record in the 400-yard freestyle relay, a record that has stood since March of 2017. In September of 2021, Leah Thomas began participating as a member of the Penn women's team. Leah, formerly Will, had personal best times in every freestyle event that were faster than the women's world records. Once the season began, Thomas was leading the country in multiple events while only placing in the top 500 in those events on the men's team. Thomas later became an NCAA champion in the 500-yard freestyle, the first NCAA champion in our women's team history program. While many of you already know this, what you do not know is the experiences of the women on the University of Pennsylvania swim team. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six-foot-four tall biological male fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. Shame on you, you pen. You punish girls for feeling uncomfortable and say it's their fault that they feel uncomfortable and you suggest therapy for them to get over the fact that they have to expose themselves and be exposed by a male pretending to be a female? Shame on you, you pen. I'm going to continue talking about this as new things come up. I wanted you to hear specifically what Paula Scanlon said. 18 times a week, they were forced to change in front of Leah Thomas or Will Thomas. And remember what she said. When he started competing, he beat the women's world 
records in most of the events. Whereas when he was competing against men or people that were born the same as he was, he was only in the top 500. But men and women are exactly the same, right? Wrong. This is shameful. And I feel so bad for these women who have to give up their rights and be pushed aside and belittled and made to feel wrong for wanting privacy, for wanting safety. And UPenn just catered to the left's ideological nutcases that say men and women are all the same and that no women don't have the right to have a sport to themselves. They have to move over and shut up and let trans women compete with them, even though almost in every case now, trans women are dominating the sport. And if there really was no difference between men and women, let's make all sports co-ed. Watch what happens when you do that. I guarantee you, women will stop competing in sports. And the reason why this is really unfair to women is some women, like Paula Scanlon and Riley Gaines, are counting on scholarships to go to colleges they want to go to on full-ride or part-ride scholarships paid for by their athletic talents that would benefit the college or university they want to go to and affects their ability to get high-paying jobs because those records that they hold go on their resumes and are considered in job applications when people say, oh my gosh, you're the 500 meter uh, national champion. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, what did you have to do? Oh, I trained three or four hours a day. Oh, we love that kind of dedication. That's exactly what we need here at this company. They're, they're robbed of the opportunities to do that. So I just wanted to go along with this and just kind of end with this before I go into the positive message to end with. Puberty blockers, hormones, and sex changes. I will tell you right now, Sex reassignment surgeries have a 100% failure rate. Think about it. Not one surgery that has tried to change an individual's sex is successful at the DNA level. They are still men or women. And just as if someone has, you know, a big nose or big ears or is flat chested or, you know, big feet. All of these things can be corrected for that individual only, cosmetically. So if someone has plastic surgery that that reduces the size of their nose or ears or gives them breast augmentation, when they conceive, their children will still have those characteristics. Those children will still be born with the bigger nose or the uh, bigger ears or the small chest. That is just basic DNA. And yes, my friends, that is following the actual science, not this pseudoscience that enables mental illness and suggests treating mental illness by enabling it and allowing children to take puberty blockers that are going to prevent them from developing fully. And yes, that is scientifically proven and have surgeries that mutilate and change their bodies to what they think they feel. And there's a very large group of people who have transitioned that are now choosing to detransition 
and they wish someone would have spoke up for them and not allowed them as children to make these very mature, life-changing choices. Think about that. Okay, the message I want to share with you that will leave you with a positive note is know your worth and understand what contributes to that worth and how you might need to make changes in your life to increase that worth. For instance, if you buy a bottle of water at the convenience store or supermarket, it might be a buck, okay? And if you buy it at the gym, it's $2. At the cinema, $3 or $6 on an airplane. The only thing that changes the value is the location. So the next time you think that you're worth nothing, it may mean you should change your location. And by location, not only physical location, but change your thinking, change the way you're looking at life, change your goal, change uh, your habits. Sometimes we get into these habits that keep us in ruts. Remember, uh, one of my favorite musicals is uh, Jekyll and Hyde. And in that, there's that expression that Dr. Jekyll says, the only thing constant is change. You have to embrace it. It's one of those 15 things we, we covered to make your life happier is embrace change. And that can sometimes mean change of location. We've seen that happen all over the country. Um, and I think it's great. Our, our founding fathers created this country to be individual states or territories at the time that had all of their own individual laws, their own individual personalities, and then very few federal laws. And that was how this country was going to be tightly woven. Think about this. If you need help, the first person or people you should go to is your family, and then your community, and then your state, and then and only then the federal government. We've got it all backwards now. That's why we're so divided. They've created such a massive government now that says they're going to take care of everything for you. So we've reversed that. If someone needs help, they immediately go to the government. Well, that doesn't bring us together as families or communities or states. And that's being done on purpose. Again, for the overall message of this podcast, all of this is being done on purpose for power and control. All right? So if you don't think you're worth much, you might think about changing things, your location and your mindset. And with that, That is the end of this week's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you agree or disagree with anything I've said, don't hesitate to write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day and please relay the bark.